Welcome to this recording from Crossroad International Church. Today we are celebrating Easter. The tomb is empty and Jesus is risen. In our service today, we will take a look at the resurrection of Jesus and what it means with a message entitled, Easter Brings Resurrection Life. We pray that God will use this recording to minister to you and help you gain a better understanding of our Savior's love for us through His death and ultimately His resurrection. We now join Pastor Steve in the message already in progress. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus... And it happened as they were greatly perplexed, perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Who do you, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you, when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered unto the hands of sinful men to be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all of these things to the eleven and to all of the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. On Easter Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that every believer is to walk in the resurrected power of Jesus. We quote Romans chapter 8, 11. It was in our responsive reading. But if the Spirit of the One who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised up Christ from the dead shall also make your mortal bodies alive by His Spirit who dwells in you. And we get excited about the resurrection and the power of God that lives within each one of us. On Friday, I told you that a couple of years ago, Anley Stanley, his message on Easter was, nobody expected there to be no body these women went to the tomb with all of their spices and everything expecting to find the body of the Lord Jesus lying in the tomb so that they could properly prepare his body for burial when they got there they were very shocked because there was no 
body. And they saw the angels and they ran back to tell the apostles what had happened. I think it's very interesting, the first evangelist of the gospel, of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, were women. Because the men were all too afraid and they were hiding in the upper room, afraid of what was going to happen to them. Maybe they would be crucified as well. So ladies, thank you for being the first to share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a good time you can elbow your husband real good and say, yeah, we did it first. Amen. But there's something about resurrection. There could be no resurrection until first there was a crucifixion. John chapter 1 verse 29 tells us that Jesus is the Lamb who would take away the sin of the world. And then Hebrews chapter 10 verses 1 through 10 says that the Old Testament sacrifices only covered sin for a year. But the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, didn't just cover our sin, it completely removed it from us. Resurrection life starts with the crucified life. So I'm going to give you a little different take on Easter today. I'm going to talk about you and I living a crucified life so that we can enjoy the power of the resurrection. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. We can't enjoy the resurrected life until first we have been crucified. And that's something we don't like. We really get excited about the resurrection power. But we don't get very excited about the crucifixion that brings it. Romans 6, chapter, three, verse, or chapter 6, verse 3 through 5 says, Do you not know that as many as of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, we were baptized into His death? Therefore we were buried with Him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been joined together in the likeness of His death, we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection." A.W. Tozer, in his book, A Total Commitment to Christ, What Is It?, gave us a definition of crucifixion. He says, first, the man on the cross can face only one direction. 
He said the crucified man on the cross is looking in only one direction, and that is the direction of God and Christ and edifying the body of Christ. He also said, second thing is, he is not going back to his former way of life. Think about that. A person on the cross that is being crucified can only look forward and can never go back to his former life. Too many of us are like the children of Israel. When things start going bad, we remember of what we thought was good in Egypt. And it's interesting that they only remembered the things in Egypt that they ate. Have you ever noticed that? The leeks and the onions and all of the good food they had, they never remembered being slaves, being beaten, being abused. They only remembered the good of their past life. But if we have truly been crucified with Christ, we cannot go back to our old way of life. And third, the man on the cross has no future plans of his own. Let me ask you, whose plans are you living by? Yours or God's? Yours or God's? Listen at the rain in the desert. Hallelujah. He is risen. Amen. Let me read what Tozer says about this future plans. He says, Oh, what busy beaver Christians we are with all of our plans. And some of them, even though they are done in the name of the Lord and evangelical Christianity, they are as carnal as a bunch of goats. <laughs> He says, it's beautiful to say I am crucified with Christ and to know that Christ is making my plans. But I tell you, if we could spend 20 minutes on our knees in the presence of the Father, it would do more than seminaries and books and sermons. When we can realize that when we are crucified to Him, God becomes our Father and our master, and he gives us the plans that are the best for us. So what are some things we have to be crucified to? The first one is we must be crucified to sin. Romans 6, 6-8 says, Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to the sin-miserable life. No longer it sends every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we shall also be included in His life-saving. We must be crucified to sin. For an unbeliever to commit sin is natural. They're called sinners. What do sinners do? They sin. 
But for a believer to sin is unnatural. We are believers. Romans 6, 1 and 2, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Let it not be. How shall we who died in sin live any longer in it? Jesus, when He said it is finished, the sin question was finished. We can, let me say that again, we have the ability, you and I can live a sinless life in the power of the resurrection of Christ. It is very hard to do. I've asked this question and I'll ask it again. How many of you are born again? You know Jesus as your Savior, okay? How many of you have committed a sin since you were saved? How many of you committed a sin this year? This month? This week? Today? <laughs> On the way to church? Maybe? <laughs> but see, we should be crucified to sin. A dead man commits no crimes. For many years, my wife and I and our kids lived in a parsonage next to a church in Kenya, and we had wonderful neighbors. We never had to worry about loud parties. They never got in fights. They never disturbed us. We didn't even know they were there most of the time because right next to our house was the cemetery. <laughs> All of our neighbors were dead. Dead men commit no crimes and dead men commit no sins. So if you are always battling sin in your life, maybe you need to be crucified. So the whole point of my message this evening is I hope to kill you. Is that okay? In, in, in a good way, not a bad way, in a good way, okay? That we are crucified to sin. Next, we need to be crucified to this world. Galatians 6.14 says, For my part, I am going to boast about nothing but the cross of our Master. We may say I'm going to boast about nothing but my good job, my nice car, my big house. But no, Paul says I boast about nothing but the cross of our Master, Jesus Christ. Because of that cross I have been crucified in relations to this world set free from the stifling atmosphere of pleasing others and fitting into the little patterns that they dictate for me. We are crucified to this world. Let me ask you, do the things of this world control you or do you control them?
Colossians 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Be mindful of things above, not of things on this earth. For you died and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. Do you realize that everything you have comes from God? You say, no, I worked for it. Who gave you the strength to do the work? Who blessed you with the job? And don't forget where the blessings come from. 1 John 3.17 says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother having need and shuts up his bowels from him, how does the love of God dwell in him? Everything I have comes from God. And I have to ask God what to do with it. I remember when we first went to the mission field, we were going to have to buy an automobile in Kenya, but I wasn't worried. We had three automobiles. We had a station wagon, we had a pickup truck, and a panel van for my business. Sell those, buy the vehicle in Kenya. So I'm praying one day we're in church and the pastor gets up and says, we have a lady in church that does foster care and her car has died on her and she needs a car that she can haul these kids around. And like God was sitting right next to me, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, give her your station wagon. I said, but God, don't you know my plan? We're going to sell those cars and buy a car in Africa? He said, son, whose car is it? I said, well, it's yours. He said, then don't tell me what to do What's mine. Give her the car. And because you argued with me, give her $500 to pay for her insurance. That's okay. We still have two more vehicles. I have a cousin that's a missionary in Brazil. And he wrote to us and said, you know, our son's coming home, going to university. He needs a vehicle. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, that little pickup truck you have would really be good for John. I said, okay, God, I'll give it to him. Do I have to pay the insurance too? <laughs> Still have one. And you know what happened to that one? It was given away. So, I'm excited. You can't outgive God. You ever heard that? We sowed three cars into people's lives and God's going to give us a car. So we got to Africa with nothing. And I learned how to use bus number 11. Any of you ever use bus number 11? One... And one, you put them together and it's bus number 11. It will take you anywhere you need to go to preach the gospel. Amen? So for a long time, the only transport I had was bus number 11. And that did something for me. 
it taught me what the Kenyans had to go through. Because I know what it's like to stand on the side of the road for an hour waiting for a vehicle. But it also helped me teach them that just because you don't have transportation, you don't have to be late for a meeting. Because I always left in plenty of time. And then God blessed us with a vehicle. It was awesome. A 1959 Land Rover. <laughs> hey, but it got us better than bus number 11. And then God blessed us. And when we left Africa, we had a motorcycle and two vehicles, a Land Rover and a car. But don't forget where the blessings come from. And when God tells you to share them with someone else, don't get selfish with them. And then we must be crucified to self. This is the hardest one. Galatians 5.24, Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good, it is crucified. To be crucified to the self, we must be crucified to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Basically, all temptation and all sin comes from one of those three. If you look at the temptations in the Garden of Eden, you look at the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness, they all fall under one of those three. Resurrection life starts with the crucified life, Rev Revelation 12:11, And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life unto death. Testimony comes from victory. And our victories come from the power of God, the power of the resurrection. And the power comes from the resurrection of Christ. And resurrection comes because of crucifixion. So if there is no crucifixion, there is no resurrection. And if there is no resurrection, there is no power. And if there's no power, there's no victory. And if there's no victory, there's no testimony. Our testimony starts with being crucified with Christ. Once we are crucified with Christ, dead, buried, then we can be resurrected with Him and live a life of power. You and I are responsible. Let me ask you, what are you doing with the resurrection life that Jesus gave you? Do you hide it away for yourself? Or do you give it away to others? Matthew 10.8 says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give.
So my challenge to you this Resurrection Sunday is go and give the resurrection life that Jesus paid for on the cross. That when you are crucified with Him, you are also raised with Him in a newness of life. And I love this. It says, everything behind is passed away, and behold, all things have become new. September 2016, I will celebrate my 40th birthday. You think I look a lot older than that, right? <laughs> I've got a son that's 39. Figure that one out, okay? <laughs> but it was September 1976 when we gave our hearts to Jesus. And all of the junk that I did before is gone. I was crucified with him. That old man was buried in the waters of baptism. And I was raised in newness of life. And I hope today, 40 years later, I'm more like Jesus than I was on that day that I gave him my life. And I know we struggle from time to time. We don't do what we should. I had to repent today driving to town because of my attitude from other drivers on the road. You understand? But we do have the power to live a life free of sin, pleasing to God, if we truly are crucified with Him and allow Him to raise us again from the dead. Let's pray. Father, we come to You and we thank You on this Easter Sunday. Father, we can gather in this place and celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, but Father, also examine ourselves to see have we truly been crucified with Christ? Have I laid it all down at the cross? Father, it's exciting to read about the power of the resurrection and all of the things that believers are supposed to do and greater works than what you even did or promised to us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Father, help us to think about the price that was paid on the cross to forgive us of our sins. And that your word says that we are also to be crucified, the old man, crucified to sin, crucified to the world, and crucified to self so that we may rise and live in the power and the anointing of Your Spirit. Father, help us not to hide that power, but to give it away to everyone we see. In Jesus' name, Amen.